In this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed, I drive something which has either the best or the worst possible name ever given to a car, which I will explain. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth. Welcome to the peace and tranquility of the Worcestershire countryside. Let's see, if if I'm quiet for a moment, you'll hear what I'm hearing, which is... Very distant crows cawing. You hear that? And perhaps the sound of traffic in the way distance. I've come up to Worcestershire for a romantic weekend with Violet. Yes, after 20 years together, we still do that. And I thought I would come up in an interesting and exciting car, because every time I do a trip, I try and do it in an interesting car. And I've noticed Kias recently. It started when I was in America. The number of Kia souls around. I was genuinely surprised by it. It seemed that every car park we pulled into in the alarm bandwagon when I was on the alarm tour, there was a Kia Soul parked in it. It seemed to have really taken off over there. And then a couple of weeks ago, I was home in North East London and I noticed a Kia Optima estate on our road and thought, ruddy heck. That's a cracking-looking car. I thought, Kia, I've never, ever, in the 15 years nearly we've been doing Gareth Jones on speed, reviewed a Kia. Done loads of Hyundais, the other Korean company, but not once have I even been in a Kia. So I thought, right, better do something about that. Well, we'll start at the very top, shall we? And so I called up Kia and asked if I could have a Kia Stinger. Because I know when Richard drove one mm, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, he said, yeah, it's really good. And I think that was my impression of Richard. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. So I thought, yeah, OK, let's get a V6 twin-turbo sports saloon to drive around in and let's see if kia can do that because kia are really well known for economical cars you know korean cars are relatively cheap in the grander scheme of things and they've come a huge way since the very early days of their appearance i i think first remember kia when they built the mazda one to one for ford and called it the Ford Festiva, I think. Can't quite remember what it was called. Was it the Kia Demio, possibly? Or was that the no, the Mazda Demio? Forgive me what it was called when it was a Kia, but it was very complicated because back in the eighties, uh, I suppose, Kia were owned in part, certainly, by the Ford Motor Company, because pretty much every American car company had ownership of a Korean brand. Uh, Let's see, uh, General Motors had some interest in Daewoo, which they eventually completely absorbed. Who did Chrysler have? I can't quite remember. But it was really important to have 
a manufacturing base in South Korea. As you know, America rebuilt South Korea and the investment that came with that gave them car factories over there. So there you go, that's the rise of the Korean motor industry. And you know I'm very much, and I genuinely mean this, a fan of Hyundai. Oh, Piper Comanche flying over. Can you hear it? Two Piper Comanches, one above my head as well. That's fascinating. One to my left, one to my right, flying quietly. I don't know which way they're heading. There must be an airfield nearby. Where was I? Korea. Yes, the rise of Korea thanks to American investments. And that rise has come a long way. I think here where they actually started very first making cars, they were building, I think, the VH 132 and the Peugeot 604, I think, under license. That's all they were doing. And then they worked their way up into building Mazdas for them. And there's another aircraft going the other way. This is very, very busy here today. I thought it was supposed to be quiet in Worcestershire. And another one. What's that? A Beagle? Not a Beagle. No, no, no. That's a very lightweight aircraft, that is, with a T-tail, very high span, very wasted fuselage and tail. Gosh, I used to be able to identify aircraft. I can't anymore. I stick to talking about cars, but it's very distracting when interesting planes fly over. Even when you've got an interesting car. And this Stinger, let me give you the spec on this car. It's a V6, as I said. The engine's uh, about 3.34 litres, okay? So it's either 3.3 or 3.4, depending on your point of view. Four valves per cylinder head. Maximum power at 6,000 revs is 361 brake horsepower. So that's a proper sporting engine. 360 plus brake horsepower it's got an eight speed automatic transmission the car weighs about 1800 kilos so relatively light well compared to most electric cars these days in terms of performance 0 to 60 not 62 0 to 60 4.7 seconds maximum speed 168 miles per hour so this is a proper performance car it's pitched i suppose against quicker bmw 3 series some jags audis and looking at it i think it's going to steal cars from audi owners it's a hatchback well it's a lift back they bill it as a gt the design of the car which came from two people peter schreier who's the head of design for the hyundai kia group and gregory guiam who's the head of design europe for kia and they've come up with I suppose a Grand Tourer, that's what they call it. The exact spec of this car, what do they actually call it? They call it the Kia Stinger 3.3T GDI V6 GT S. This is the top of the range version of the car. 40 grand's worth of Kia. It's a lot of money, isn't it? But that name, the Kia Stinger. It's a great name, isn't it? Stinger. It evokes Stingray for me. You know, stand by for action. Also, it better be a good car, because if they got it wrong, it would be the Kia Stinker, wouldn't it? And I've only driven it 170 miles or something from London to Worcestershire so far. 
but I can confirm it's not a stinker in any way whatsoever. You know that thing um, Richard Parry Jones taught me about doing the um, was it the five or the ten meter test, the fifty meter test, whatever it was called, where you come up to a car and you make your judgment on the car from a distance. Then when you touch it, then you look at all the individual components of the car. Well. Because of Kia's sort of ancient Ford connections in the past, I thought I'd apply that to this car. And from the distance, it's lovely. It's a fastback, a liftback. You know, it's competing with the likes of the Audi A7, I think. A fast, practical, sporting, in this case, rear-engine car. I think this is probably the only rear-engine Kia on sale in the UK. I think everything else is front-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. And so being rear-wheel drive, it's a proper car, a proper driver's car. When you've got 360 brake, you either want to put it down through the rear wheels or four wheels, or if you put it down through the front wheels, through a very clever traction control system, perhaps like the sort of thing Ford use. So, from a distance, you'd look at it and you wouldn't know it was a Kia. You'd look at it and go, ooh, to Dodge Avenger? You know, the slopey back version. Or you might go, ooh, could be an Audi? Or, ooh, is it a Jag? Ooh, you just don't know. Because you honestly wouldn't expect Kia to produce something that is a premium car, really. They're not known for that. They make bargain some cars. They make really good cars because they're built on the same technology as Hyundai and I say technology because they share a lot this is something I've been looking into I thought Kia were wholly owned by the Hyundai corporation but that's not quite right you see back in I think it was 1989 Kia were extending 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 their dealership their range you know the territories that they sold in and they went bankrupt they got into massive money trouble and several people bidded for them including ford but ford were outbid on the deal by the massive hyundai motor corporation i see it's called hyundai i think is how you're supposed to say it i forget now but the way in which hyundai took control of kia was very interesting they bought i think 49 percent and then allowed kia to buy shares in lots of other hyundai companies like hyundai america hyundai europe hyundai defense all different aspects so the way that they tied the two companies together was quite clever a bit like that was it the Rover Honda deal where they owned 20% of each other a long time ago? I remember when they bought into each other a proper sort of merger. Anyway, over the years, Hyundai and Kia have slightly separated. Now, Hyundai only own, I think, 33% of Kia. So they are the biggest single shareholders in the company but there are lots of others but what this enables them to do is to share lots of technology when you get in the car having driven a lot of hyundai's i see a lot of stuff in that car that's very familiar you know the sat nav and some of the stalks and stuff and the layout of all the technology on the wheel yeah i've seen this so in my mind i suppose i was imagining that 
Hyundai and Kia were really not much more than badge engineered versions of the same car. Some badged Kia for some people, some badged Hyundai for others. But it's not so. There's a bigger difference between them. They're like two families who live next door to each other but between them have bought a holiday home. And that holiday home, one family probably owns 30% and the other family owns 70%. So the family that own it, 70% of it, they go to that holiday home all the time. And the family that only own 30%, well, they only use it some of the time. And they both share it, but they've not got equal shares. They're not the same. It's quite an interesting analogy. I don't know if it's perfect. Violet has just come out of the hotel while I've been standing outside of the car in the Hello. car park. Hello. Does everything fit in the boot? Uh, it will. <laughs> <laughs> it's but a, that's not a comment on the boot. That's a comment on the amount of stuff we've brought for a we, weekend away. We really. brought a load of stuff, yeah. didn't we? I <laughs> think we brought too much stuff. Mainly because we go for a walk in the... Is it pronounced wire or Wirra forest? Do we know? Ask me. When we get there, we'll find out, yeah. no doubt. So we've got walking boots. we got all that... Do you like this car, Vy? Yeah, I love this car. It's great. Yeah. Wow. It's a, it's a normal car. You say that about every... It's just a normal car. But it is quite normal, this car. It, it, well, yeah, it, I have no complaints about it. Good. It's like if you have a good experience, you don't necessarily say, oh, seats were comfortable or, I don't know, it was smooth or you don't normally say things like that but you might just say oh kind of i didn't notice it yeah yeah i yeah. think that's quite an honest thing if you don't notice any faults it must have been really good you're really struggling to find things yeah. about it well you know me i'm not sort of looking for features yeah. but it was comfy the seat was easy to adjust they seemed bags of room up the front for my short legs they usually does but even more than usual but then of course it is one of these cars where the people at the back get squashed isn't it i don't know let's have a look let's have a look what well, do you call those cars with the people that I know coupes you, or something? A what? A coupe? Well, it's a sort of a lift back. It's yeah, yeah, it's like a four door coupe. It has got a low roof line. You've got your seat quite far back. I've got my seat quite far back. Because we have no passengers in the back. Yeah. So. Should we sit in the back? You sit behind your seat, and I'll sit behind my seat. Let's just see what it's like. Hang on. It's a very valid question. Me, I never think about the back these days. I never go in there. It's usually just me in the car. No, look at that. Well, I'm always comfortable, to be fair, because I do have the short legs. If your legs are any shorter, they wouldn't even reach the floor. <laughs> but, yeah, no, very good, very comfy. What else can I say about it? It's very black. Very black on the inside and very red on the outside. Um, coffee cup holders were fine. <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? It got us there and it was comfy. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Got us here very nicely. Oh, I will say something else. Go on. I think it took the turns on those wiggly bits of road yeah. very well, yeah, yeah, yeah. considering you know I don't normally like it because you throw a car into those bends, and you know you do. And that's not very nice when you're sitting next to you, you know, with no warning. But in this one, it was much more of a pleasant drive. Is that a bit of an insult? Not at all. Not at all. No, I did drive it spiritedly, as we say, on the last section. Yeah, the motorway stuff, we were charging up on a Friday. It was rotten, awful traffic. But when we got onto the A roads and the B roads that brought us to this hotel, I did 
explore the suspension steering and power of the car and i hadn't even switched it into sport mode this is still in comfort mode and it was ever so smooth i love the steering i love the steering and it's genuinely positive it's got loads of grunt it better have with a twin turbo v6 and it was very satisfying but listen we've got to go walking shall i do the car review of this a little bit later should we actually go and drive somewhere and go for a walk okay let's do it okay done right i have many things to tell you whilst i'm sitting in the back look there's a proper 12 volt and it says 180 watt cigarette light or you know power socket on the back and i love the fact that it tells you what the wattage is that's quite useful Why, but what's it useful for because exactly? you know how many devices that you can stack into that where you can have a tablet and a phone and i don't know you're recharging the camera battery or whatever oh, you know clever. it's quite yeah. useful and then next to it you've got a usb socket as well mm. you know usb is the new cigarette lighter that's even buses have usbs now though you know that that's true modern buses yeah yeah like yeah. i was in belfast and they had usbs in the buses and who was it in Brighton maybe somewhere else someone told me they had USBs Good in the point. buses and I was a bit jealous we don't have them in London really yeah true we don't have them in London no, buses we have them in this car so hurrah it's... hurrah yeah loads of space in the back in my opinion it is a low roof I'm almost six foot but my head is nowhere near the roof of the car and I've got my headphones on so that's all right yeah it's great in the back let's get in the front and go for a drive the surprise and delight features you know i always love surprise and delight features in cars the surprise and delight feature the only one i've encountered so far in this car is the automatic boot opening you know lots of cars including ford do this thing where if you come up to your car i think range over do it as well and put your foot underneath the number plate of the car then the boot opens with this car, you don't even have to do that. You walk up to it, you hear that beeping that you just heard there. I'm closing the boot automatically. You walk up to this car, and if you've got the key in your pocket, it senses you're at the rear of the car, and it just opens the boot for you. But I think that's a disadvantage. Why? Because I came out of the house to go on this weekend away, carrying loads of really heavy, big, bulky bags. And when I got to the car... You would have thought the boot would have just opened, but you spent five minutes explaining to me how amazing <laughs> opening the boot was. So I was standing there struggling with my bags. You're like, no, no, don't put them in yet. Watch as I walk towards the car and the boot opened. I'm like, no, can I just put them in, please? Surprise and disappointment features, I think they call them, don't they? Right. No more disappointments. We're going to go for a satisfying drive, and I'll tell you about that next, here on Gareth Jones on Speed. Hello again. It's 12 minutes to 9 at night. Um, we're on the M40 heading southeast from the Midlands back down to London in the Stinger, travelling at a very comfortable 70 miles per hour in reasonable traffic. And comfortable is the word I'm going to use. I didn't talk about the various drive... Sorry, I'll come down and Dave. <clears throat> I didn't talk about the various drive modes in this car. There are several. There's Sport Plus, Sport, Comfort, Eco and Smart. And I think smart is probably the mode that Scousers drive in. How's the car, mate? Smart, yeah, smart. And I suppose smart is Kia's equivalent of dynamic, which most cars seem to have these days, where it switches between modes depending on 
what you're doing or how you're driving. And at the moment, we're in, you know, a very laid-back sort of mode. But earlier on, we were whizzing around some wicked little A-roads. Weren't we, Violet Berlin? We were whizzing around so much, I had to hold on with two hands to this <laughs> Sorry. very helpful kind of what do you call these handle things grab handles grab handle at the top of my passenger seat yes or uh, panic handles for some people (laughs) but there was no panic did you ever feel unsafe genuinely no 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 actually I think it was fine I mean when we first set off it was fine I think maybe I would leave it a little bit more after I'd had lunch before I got in the car again but um, yeah no it was good it was really good and they were great roads to drive around weren't they yeah fantastic we were tripping around between Worcestershire Shropshire and Herefordshire the three counties who all butt up against each other we went to visit an old pal of Violet's and had a very spirited drive there and an even more spirited drive back and I was able to put it in Sport Plus mode and really enjoy that really enjoy it the car's very flat it doesn't roll what is it this car does really well? It controls roll. Maybe because it's a kind of GT. Maybe, it, you know, just because it's not a tall car. And so many of the cars that we drive these days, because they're SUVs, are much taller. And they roll a lot more. But this thing doesn't roll because it's low. It's designed that way. So it is a satisfying drive. And I find driving around in comfort mode completely adequate in this car you know I didn't really feel it necessary to switch to sport mode a lot of the time or sport plus which I did and I enjoyed but even comfort mode is deeply satisfying I think it handles roll and pitch really well I think the steering is precise it's got a really sharp nose pointy turn in Schumacher would like a car like that really turns in oh lovely but it wasn't tail happy I didn't feel that I could use power on the back wheels to tighten my line or anything like that like a traditional rear wheel drive car no it was just all about the front end which is interesting it must have some very clever software managing the slip at the rear to be able to do that in my opinion now i was going to make some other observations violet i asked you to remind me about two or three things do you have access to the notes you made i have access let me have a look you wanted to talk about kia's correct yeah i noticed maybe it's a heightened awareness thing you know if you want to buy a you're thinking of buying a yellow jumper well i'd quite like a yellow jumper you suddenly notice how many people wear yellow jumpers around you know it's a heightened awareness thing and maybe because i'm driving a kia i noticed how many kias there were in worcestershire now worcestershire Worcestershire, where we were. What was the name of the town, V? Bewdley. Uh, Bewdley was where we set off from. Yeah. That was Worcester, was it? Yeah. Worcestershire. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Bewdley, Violet and I took a walk from the hotel we were staying at in Bewdley into the town of Bewdley, and I noticed loads and loads of Kias. We were visiting the Bewdley Festival because. 
Pete Williams, who, as you know, used to be a member of Dexys Midnight Runners, and then again Dexys, without the apostrophe, and even sang a song for us. He sang the Breaking Bad song that I wrote for Gareth Jones on Speed. It seemed like a good idea at the time. playing at the gig so we came up to see Pete and it was an unusual sort of gig because the people who came to see Pete Williams at the Beaudley Festival weren't necessarily Pete Williams fans these were let's be honest grey-haired people weren't they V? They were yes older people who attend a town or village festival and a lot of them turned up to the festival in Kias. Now, is this the demographic of Kia? Are Kia drivers older people? I don't know. But we were trying to work it out, weren't we? We were yeah. trying to say, is the demographic of Kias older people? Or is it, you know, a beautifully thing? One person sees a Kia and then, you know, that's a good idea. It's, or gets a recommendation. Yeah. Or is it like a Worcestershire thing? Yeah, yeah. Is it an outside London thing yeah. you know, how does that all work is it a Tory thing because where we are is a fairly Tory safe seat isn't it and I was particularly surprised I have to say because you know Gareth I hear you mentioning the, the name Kia occasionally yeah. as you do but I hadn't ever really stopped or dwelt on the name since many years ago and it could even be more than a decade ago on this programme that Kia featured strongly in the Christmas hit All I Want for Christmas is Some Speed. Is there a line about Kia in that song? Stuff your turkey with a Kia seed. Seed! Oh, well remembered. I'll take the batteries out of your Prius. I'll stuff a turkey with your Kia seed. All I want for Christmas is some Very well remembered. I'd completely forgotten about that. And now, of course, they've got the Kia X Seed, which is like the pumped-up 4x4 version or the high-riding version. Well remembered, V. I'd forgotten that. And I'm assuming it was in that song because it was a bit of a turkey. <laughs> hey, now. I don't know. Well, Why, what did that line mean Richard, at the time? Richard always hated the name, the Kia Seed. E E apostrophe D because that's how they wrote it the C E E apostrophe D oh. he, he really despised that but they've done away with the apostrophe now it's just called the Kia Seed okay so. and then there's a new version the Kia X Seed which is the high riding version well remembered me I'd forgotten about that perhaps the only time we've talked about Kia on the programme yeah no, I've given you an opportunity to play the song again even though it's not Christmas well done yeah, we noticed loads of Kias from the people who were leaving the festival in the afternoon because they'd been... 
then <laughs> yeah I just remembered what it was about there had been a daytime event at the festival at the hotel and Violet said see if you can guess what it's about and as we came out I saw one lady in a costume and I'm no history expert there are aspects of history I know more about than others but I took a wild guess, my instinct... Well, describe her. She was white-faced, she had white makeup on, and she had sort of yeah. a cap on, a velvet cap. A flat-top velvet cap with sort of white detailing around it with a kind of ooh, uh, octagonal perhaps shape to it. She was dressed all in black with some sort of piping detail. It was velvet. And a proper, you know, old-fashioned lady's bodice with a, a yeah. flare skirt outfit. Yeah. And I said that, okay, I reckon she's Tudor. I was very impressed. I thought you'd have said Elizabethan, but I Uh, knew it was Tudor. Yeah, thank you. And I said to V that I think, okay, perhaps the lecture that these older people who are history buffs have been attending was how the Tudor people played a role in the repulsion of Catholicism in the Worcester area. That was my guess. But the answer, V, was... Sex of the Tudors, basically, wasn't it? Yeah, explain Tudor sex lives. Is that what it was? I mean, that was my guess, wasn't it? But yeah. I, we were laughing that I made up that guess. But I obviously had just read a programme about a week earlier because it, <laughs> it was about Tudor sex. So and it had gone into your subliminal have, mind yeah, there. Have just stuck, yeah. But that was it. Interesting. So the question is: so does... the demographic of the Kia driver is people who are interested in Tudor sex? That's terrifying, as in the thought. I wonder if Kia. <laughs> I wonder if Kira are aware of that. <laughs> and if they need to be made aware of it, if they're not already. <laughs> oh, my trousers. And then, as we walked into town, we noticed lots of Kias. We noticed not just contemporary Kias, like the Picanto and loads of Sportages, but also we saw a Kia Magentis, an immaculate Kia Magentis, which is a very old model Kia these days, that was ever so well kept. But what we noticed was, amongst all these houses, which were quite sort of well kept, weren't they? Immaculate. They were, yeah. Some of them new build, lots of new builds. But many of them had motorhomes parked outside them. So in the grand Venn diagram demographic, which means these are the people who drive Kias... Does it mean they're either interested in owning a motorhome or interested in Tudor sex? Or having Tudor sex in a motorhome. Well, there's a Venn diagram (laughs) I couldn't imagine drawing before today. Really? What is Tudor sex? We should have gone to that talk, then we'd know. Well, yeah, I'm quite interested in Tudor sex now. (laughs) How is it different from the sex... We have, and I don't mean you and me. I would imagine that's very different. Please cut that bit out. I will cut that bit out, I promise you, yes. No, I won't. So, yeah. Okay, we've gone off the topic now. We're talking largely about the demographic of people who drive Kia, as opposed to this specific example of a Kia, which... Can I say, talking of names, I think this car has the best name ever. The Stinger. The Stinger. What a great name. With your lisp, say it again. Stinger! <laughs> you like that name? I do. It just sounds... Ah, it's got zing to it, hasn't it? Yeah, it's quite bold, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a proper name for something that you 
command or drive. It could be a rocket ship called the Stinger, yeah. car called the Stinger. Could be like a lethal poison you call the Stinger. It could be an amazing new sweet called the Stinger, like a sour sweet. You know, it's just got a bit of oomph to it. I love it. I think it's actually a weapon. I think there's a missile called a Stinger. I think. I may have misremembered that. But it always evokes Stingray, which of course there is a Stingray. A Chevrolet Corvette Stingray, or Jerry Anderson's Stingray, which you know I love, Standby for Action. I love Jerry Anderson's work. Maybe that's a subliminal thing, and that's why this car appeals to me. That's why my age group, you know, men in their 50s, might find this car appealing, because it subliminally talks to something that they loved when they were kids. Stingray. They should make a car called the Troy Tempest I mean I would love that so right other things we like about this car okay two things I'm disappointed about this car I've got to mention the things I'm disappointed in and they're really minor one is that although it has adaptive cruise control it doesn't have lane keeping which would give it sort of level one and a half level two autonomy I can't take my hands off the wheel at all it will drift out of the lane you'll get a warning bing 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 if you've engaged the lane keeping but it won't actually actively take control of the steering and keep it there that's disappointing because i think for a 40 grand car these days you might expect a bit of autonomy like that and the other thing is when you switch between modes the display in your dash doesn't change colour or anything you know very often if you go to sport mode the whole thing turns red go to eco mode it turns green that's a really nice way of remembering what mode you're in when you're driving instead with this all you get is a little graphic in the top left that says you know comfort or eco or sport in a different colour but the whole dash remains the same colour and I like a bit of theatre I like a bit of surprise and delight as you know so they're the only two things about this car that I think are disappointing the sound system that's not disappointing V is it no it is certainly not disappointing and on the way up we listened to the War of the Worlds uh, the Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds and just did it justice. It sounded tremendous. We thought the Martians were attacking. We did. You, yeah, it really did sound like the Martians attacking. And on the way down, we listened to Oola Dub Oola, which is the 90s, I think, remix of War of the Worlds by people like Papa Uzi. Is that how you say his name? Uh, which is a very different experience. And that sound, the Oola sound that they're making that is really scary and the Harman Kardon sound system in this car absolutely did it justice they're not messing about if you've got a car with a Harman Kardon sound system you're not messing about you're getting value for money for a 40 grand car yeah in two miles keep right onto M40 towards London yes all right that was very timely thank you very much because it's almost time to sign off and go home well, except I might say that I think the sound system is so good that it played into my plans to get you, Gareth, to come to my potential third visit 
to the War of the Worlds immersive experience in London, which I know that you would never normally go to something like that with me. But my cunning plan of playing the War of the Worlds on the way up and the War of the Worlds on the way down... It's worked. It, it has worked. It was an immersive experience and, and it opened you up to agreeing that you might quite like to go to the VR version that's in on in one London. Mile, keep right onto M40 towards London. Job done, Violet Burley. Job done. You have persuaded me. And perhaps a more difficult task would be to persuade someone who's got 40 grand to spend on a car in Britain to buy a Kia. Because, you know, an awful lot of people are brand sensitive, aren't they? You've only got to see people walking around with the word gap written on their t-shirt, I hate people who do that, written on their sweatshirt, or Nike, written on their sweatshirt, that means that they want to advertise what they're wearing, they don't just want to wear quality stuff, they want people to know what they're wearing, that annoys me. that's a bit harsh, I have to say, maybe you don't like the t-shirts, but I don't really think you mean that you hate the people who are wearing That's true, no, I don't hate the people, (laughs) I just don't go with the need to advertise what you're wearing, I'd rather wear the brand of something I passionately love, like, you know, Le Mans, or Slade, or Star Trek, that's what I'd rather put on the front of my shirt, not the name of the people who sold me this shirt, you know what I mean? So... People are brand sensitive. And if you're going to spend 40 grand on a car, you might want to have the ruddy BMW badge or the Audi badge or the Jaguar badge on it, rather than a more humble brand like Kia. Well, let me ask you a question then. Go on. So, are you saying that all these... Tudor sex obsessive Kia owners who beautifully are unsensitive or insensitive rather to brand or are you saying that their Kias are less expensive? I'm saying their Kias are less expensive. Okay. They're not. They, none of those people were driving a 40 grand Kia. They were buying 20 grand, 23 grand Kias, you know, the cheaper end of the, the so, market. So could that demographic equally be about amount of money they wanted to spend on their car? Yeah, yeah, or value, mm. getting value from their car. Okay. You know, I don't think you get great value from this car. You know, if this car was... 32 grand or 35 grand as opposed to 40 grand you'd be getting an awful lot of car for your money but that extra cost you'd expect to have even more i mean yes you get great performance it's a ruddy fab car it really is i love the way it steers i love the ride i love the performance that twin turbo i love the color i love the interior do you know what i really like v I like the little red neon light in the glove box. In fact, not in the glove box, outside the glove box in front of you. I've never seen that on a car before. It is cute. It, it is, is cute. Yeah, yeah I like it. It's a kind of a nice little stylish thing and it makes it feel a little bit different, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, original. I can't remember seeing that in another car ever. But I think that what you're saying is that you would expect that because the Kia at this level of cost, the Stinger, is up against brand names like BMW, it needs to do a bit more than them, or a lot more, even more than them, at that level, to kind of justify... Justify, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 
do what they do at a cheaper price, which it doesn't. It's a bit expensive. That's it. That's it. Okay. Thank you. I've nailed it now. Mm. Thank you. I've come to the conclusion that the only thing I'm going to say wrong, but the thing that this car has got going against it is its price. I think it should be a little bit cheaper. So, actually, let me just ask you something. I know you want to wrap up, but I'm actually quite interested. So, are you telling me, because I know nothing about the politics of car manufacturers, are you telling me that Kia is what they might call a challenger brand? Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's put it this way. It's not a premium brand. Mm. It doesn't have the cachet of what we call premium brands. You know, your BMW, your Jaguar... Um, Audi, who have only just earned it. Lexus are a premium band. It's taken Lexus 20 years or more to earn their status as a challenger to Mercedes et al. And Kia, this is a pioneer for them, this car. They should have called it, not Stinger, they should have called it the Pioneer. It's probing an edge of the market to see what Kia can actually hold in terms of the brand value and it's a halo car it's going to edge up all the other cars in terms of their perception what other people perceive a kia can be and so i like that it's a brave it's a noble car and i like that what's kia's two best known cars and successful cars probably the soul in america probably the sportage in europe which does really, really well, almost as like a sub-brand. That Sportage, you know, people don't care that the Sportage is a Kia. They just care that it's a really good-looking car and a really good, well-engineered car. And it's taken at least three generations to get there. The early Sportage was okay. The second generation was a crude-looking car. The third one was a huge leap and was knocking on Audi's door, mainly, of course, because Peter Schreier is an ex-Audi designer and I think, forgive me if I've got this wrong, but he may well have been responsible for the Steppenwolf, which was an Audi concept a long time ago, which visualised an Audi TT SUV or an Audi TT shooting brake, if I remember. Yeah, that was it, an Audi TT shooting brake, which brings me full circle. So something I've said before in this programme, I think when I drove the Hyundai i30N, I said, wouldn't it be great if the Hyundai Kia group took the technology that's in the Stinger, this fantastic twin-turbo engine, and made a shooting brake, three-door estate version of that. How much I would love that. Only me, I'd probably be the only person in the world. Just call it the Kia GT shooting brake. That would suit me particularly well. But hey, Mr Schreier, is you've missed opportunity it's lovely as a lift back this car but i would love a shooting brake version of it that's the only thing that can make this car in my heart better than it already is in two miles keep right onto m40 towards axbridge it's a glorious car i've enjoyed it Violet, have you enjoyed it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think we had so much fun on those windy roads, didn't we? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And on the motorway too, this lovely suspension. It's just smooth. Respect to Kia for doing that. Right, I'm looking forward to driving some other Kias. And I'm kind of sad about giving this car back in a day or two. 
maybe I'll go and drive it some more. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on speed. She was Violet Berlin. Good bite. <laughs> and I was Gareth Jones. See ya, and thank you, Kia. In one mile, keep right onto M40 towards Uxbridge. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones!